Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. So, Mark, I am a far poorer man than I ought to be. Far, far poorer. Far poorer? Yes. More poor, far poorer. You're far I'm, more poor. Than I'm poorest. Poor. I don't know what the gosh, I'm not I'm a therapist, not a <laughs> not an English guy. I, I am I am more poor than is necessary financially. Um there are lots of reasons for that. But one of the biggest, as I look back on 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 my life hands down is recovery. As I've mentioned before on this show, I've spent thousands and thousands and disturbingly high amounts of thousands of dollars on recovery in one shape or form. And that then the part that I never mentioned is the is the, is the financial cost among the other costs, right? And addicts can relate to this that happened as a result of of not just from therapy, but from missed opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Missed promotions. Um, consequences of acting out, right? I mean, there's been so many things. The opportunity cost of addiction. Absolutely, for sure. And so I am a much poorer guy. And, you know, as we were talking earlier today, and we we just got done filming our Dare to Connect program for, you know, Mondays are for uh, addicts, Wednesdays are for spouses, and Fridays are for couples. And we just got done with a really cool live session with a lot of engagement. We answered a lot of live questions. It was it was a good thing. One of the things that kind of stuck with me, um, we didn't talk about it on the session today, on that session today, but kind of resonates to now, is this whole idea of just getting stuck, right? Yes. And the amount of resources, financial and otherwise, that are invested in that. And I look back and the topic we're going to talk about today, I'm going to throw myself totally on the chopping block as the ultimate hypocrite for what we're talking about. <laughs> because few people have probably done this worse than I have. So no condemnation. There's never condemnation on here, but definitely not today for sure. Few people have done it worse except for me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am that guy. So when, when before I before my wife and I got into active recovery, um, I mean, I to say I was resistant about the process was uh, was definitely an understatement. I I was in this weird place where I was I prided myself on being open with my wife about my acting out. 
right? Mm. I would tell her about it. It was probably the only thing I was doing right. I would let her know, you know, and we would go through this kind of rigmarole where she would be supportive. We kind of had this dance. It was mm. almost like a set waltz that we would have. It was like we were pulling out a script every time I would relapse. I'd be like, Steve, your line is, I relapsed. I am so sorry. And I'm holding my head down and I'm shaking it, you know, not making eye contact. And my wife's goal was to reach out and grab my hand and say, you know, I'm so sorry you're struggling. We can totally beat this, you know, <laughs> da, 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 da. and we would kind of go through this process that was well-meaning and well-intended, but I was in this place where many addicts find themselves, I think, where I was giving in the sense that I was being open about my relapses, but on the other hand, I was completely unwilling to do anything to really change that dynamic. Yes. Right. Yes. I was stuck in this place of like, hey, I'm telling her that's enough, you know, and I'm quote unquote working on it. So like, what do you want from me? And yep. over the years, and I'm talking years, right? I watched my wife and it just breaks my heart. I mean, we're talking about this facetiously, but it's probably a defense mechanism because it just is so sad. But I watched my wife over time as we did that waltz and that dance over time. She slowly started to just emotionally choke mm. in the relationship. It was like I had my hands around her neck in real slow motion in an emotional way. And it was just slowly choking the life out of her and her happiness and the life out of our marriage. And as we were going through this, these agonizing series of years where I didn't want to change, she would lovingly suggest all sorts of things, right? Um, what if we did therapy? Have you thought about a 12-step group? What if we talked to our ecclesiastical leader you know, or, or went up the chain to somebody else or, you know, there was this whole list of things that she lovingly would try to timidly suggest. And I would respond with a mix of victimization and aggression mm -hmm. and just shut it down Yep. over and over and over again, culminating in one such example. And it was, uh, it was a horrible day, but you know, where she was suggesting something like this, this was after I'd gone off on a whole emotionally abusive tirade. I mean, it's just tragic this story. And I remember she came back in the room to try to talk to me one more time. And I looked her dead in the face and I said, this is how it's going to be. And it's never going to change. And if you don't like it, you can, you can leave. There's the door. Mm. And I just turned my back on her, turned on the TV. I just, I mean, it's just, just awful, right? We, we, because of a bunch of different reasons, which we're going to cover today, uh, we oftentimes too often addicts and spouses find ourselves in this place where because of the reasons, however justified they may be in our lives, we are we are in this place of being stuck. And being stuck, as we're going to talk about, really is just choosing the relationship to end and the people in it to suffer in the most agonizing way possible. Yep. Yep. So and I'm excited for the topic. Yeah. And my, you know, my example, my personal example was, I mean, a lot of guys are in denial about the fact that if they have a problem, if they have an addiction, if what they're, what they're doing is destructive or wrong or whatever, yeah. I never had that problem. Hmm. I knew what I was doing was not only wrong, but yes. I was the most despicable, disgusting, perverted, pathetic, do, you know, piece of filth on the earth. Yeah. It was exaggerated. So I had no tolerance for myself, no patience with myself. And I stayed stuck in that place for decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if anyone suggested that maybe I should look at perhaps letting go of some shame or inviting grace into my life or not being so hard on myself, I basically rejected it. 
I, there was a stubbornness in me that refused to let go of the self-image that I was convinced was absolutely accurate. Yeah. I will never overcome this. I will never go forward and be, quote, one of the successful ones or the good ones or the respected ones or whatever. That's never going to happen for me. Look at what I've done in my past. There's so much wreckage. I've blown it so badly that there's no hope for me going forward. So why bother? I'm just going to, to accept who I am, settle into what I, to what I do, and that's it. And nobody was going to talk me out of it. Yeah. I, I would even admit, yep, I know none of this is healthy. I know that it's a really lousy, crappy attitude, but it just is. Mm-hmm. And so this stubbornness, this, this inflexibility, this rigidity, and then in the whole process, you're whining and complaining and moaning that you want something different. Yeah. But you're not willing to do something different. And I like what you said, right? So it becomes this, it's this slow death. It's this destruction by default. And yes. The word before we started today, we, we'd often think of it in faith terms or religious terms, but damned. Uh-huh. Right? You damn yourself. Damn meaning think of a dam that holds back water, mm-hmm. right? The water is stuck, stagnant, and sitting there. Right. Mm-hmm. And imagine if, if a dam didn't have an active spillway, if it didn't have an active way to channel the water and get it moving and get productive with that water flow, if it was just simply a dam. And man, oh man, did I create a, a self damming in mm-hmm. that way for myself. And I see that with clients where I've got a lot of clients who are bound and determined to stay stubborn, stuck in their past, their self-image, their failures, their whatever. We've mm-hmm. got couples who don't like where the marriage is, but they, but they just insist on just keeping doing or not doing anything, right? Keeping things the same, but not happy. Yeah. Stuck, 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 stuck. So how do we get out of stuck, right? Mm. The title is this thing, Stuck. Real recovery and real healing require a trajectory. Yeah. And sometimes you and I get to the place where we're like, just do something, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> get moving in a direction. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know, the thing of it is, is this is not just like an addict unique thing. I worked with a client fairly recently where we were having a conversation. Uh, that was virtually identical to this issue. This this good, amazing wife, uh, because of emotional abuse and because of a lot of other issues going on in in the relationship. Uh, I met with her. We'll, we'll just call her Emily. That's not her name, but we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Emily was just in absolute agony um, mm. during this session, and we were. I, I could tell. I'd met with her for a while. I knew kind of what the signs were, and she was like in an exceptionally rough place. And I'd seen that building for several sessions now, and we kind of confronted it hard. And I just said, you know, like I asked her a bunch of questions, and we were kind of going through things. And one of the things that I asked her was, you know, how much, how much are you? The first question was, how much are you, you and your husband talking and communicating? And she said, well, like virtually not at all, right? Um, and I said, how much are you guys communicating about, because they were currently doing an in-home separation, how much are you guys communicating about being separated and where you're headed with it? Um, she said, well, not really, not at all. And then I asked, you know, how much emotional real estate is this relationship taking up for you right now? And she said, probably about, she didn't even hesitate. She said probably about 70%, something Mm. like that. 
And we kind of explored this concept of where it, this, this is what happens, guys, when we get stuck like this. this. This poor, amazing wife, she's just a great person, is is finding herself emotionally investing far beyond what would be considered healthy in any circumstance energy into a relationship where she's not even speaking with her husband. Mm-hmm. Right. All of this emotional energy is going into this, into a relationship that right now, because he's unwilling to speak or open his mouth, um, it's it's just consuming her. And it is a real tragedy because I didn't I, I never did work directly with her husband. Um, we were able to make some good progress on her end, which we're going to kind of incorporate today. But but uh, the, she was slowly kind of just dying on the vine. So there's this immense, immense emotional energy being expended on a regular basis, but there's no movement. No movement. Yep. You're like the, uh, what's the name of that? It's not Atlas, but it's like that Greek mythology where you're just, it's the guy perpetually pushing the rock up the mountain and it just keeps rolling back down. Yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. No. But But it appears that you're doing something because the energy expenditure is so massive. Yes, we're putting into it, right? And so, but we're not actually going anywhere. Right. And 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 I look at my past and stuck in my shame and guys I work with, it's the same thing as the relationship you're describing. Totally. It appears that I'm doing something ama- massive because the emotional drainage that I'm experiencing is off the charts, so I must be doing something. Yes. Absolutely. And your brain will fool you. Well, you're doing all you can. Look how much energy you're expending. You know what you say is so true, and to, you know, if you if the last part of that story I shared at the beginning of today's podcast, where you know I told my wife, you know, there's the door you can leave if you don't like it. Mm. The part I didn't mention is she walked out of the room just defeated, and I think she actually did leave. Mm. And as soon as she left, I just started sobbing because mm. it was the same exact thing, right? I was in that place of I had these reasons why I was unwilling to go anywhere. Right, but at the same time, was in abs. She was in agony, and so was I. Mm-hmm. Just both mm-hmm. of us dying, literally dying, and going nowhere. Yeah, and as we look at that, you know, the thing that you faced then, because because of that, frankly, that that situation you just described is probably one of the great turning points, or what we might call blessings of your life. Yes. You know, because it, it forced you into a place where you had, where you were confronted and now here comes. So all of you listening, if you want to get out of this stuck place, the first thing that has to happen is you have to start asking the hard questions. Mm-hmm. You have yes. to be willing to be confronted and to confront with things that are just simply uncomfortable, unpleasant, or just agonizing. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go there. I don't want to face it. I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to keep expending massive emotional energy and going nowhere because I I won't face the hard questions. Yeah. I know. Yep. And and the reasons why we get stuck, guys, is is very real. And we do empathize with that. For addicts, as was my case, if I was, I don't think I could have been this honest at the time, but it was just epic amounts of fear. Yes. Right. It was just fear of going anywhere. I was just, I was, I was just petrified, just terrified to even move. It was literally like, it was like perpetually being stuck. You know, we talk about the fight, flight, freeze response and so, and how it's meant to get you out of danger. Yeah. It was just like I'd, somebody hit the on button to the, to the freeze response in my brain and then just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> 
And your brain saying, oh. right, all the all the, the deep, the deep traumatic issues you're dealing with that's driving your addiction because you're not able or you don't know how or you're not willing to go there to dig down through those layers. All your brain knows is, wait, you're telling me that I'm going to I'm supposed to give up the only thing that gives me relief mm-hmm. from stress and shame and pressure. You're you want to take away my go-to place? Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. So now what do we do? We resist. And we stay stuck. And for wives, same thing, right? Right. Same exact language. I finally found a place where, you know what? We're not in a good place. I hear this from wives too often. We know we're not in a good place, but at least he's not hurting me anymore. Yes. Right. At least he's not hurting me anymore. Or I've gotten used to the level of hurt, right? He's not hurting me more. So not just hurting, Mm. hurting, hurting me more as in more often, but also just hurting me more as in terms of you know what, this, this level of pain sucks, but I'll deal with it. Yeah. At least it's better than where, when, where we were. Absolutely. And I have other couples who say, you know, well, when we finally start to get honest, they're just like, you know what I thought about, for example, divorce and the wreckage of that, what will happen to the kids and how will we deal with the finances and what happens if he takes me to court? And they, they measure all that stuff and they just say, it's just easier to stay right where I am. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. understandable, right? Because it's Absolutely. like, who wants to open up a hornet's nest or break open the Pandora's box? I mean, mm-hmm. you're barely holding on for dear life right now. And now yes. someone say, well, let's just open that wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scares the living daylights out of you. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And and uh, so we do connect with those, but we want to take the rest of the time today. We really want to just kind of at least get you started. This is a big issue and we know you got, all of our listeners are up against big issues like this. But at least if we can start to kind of unwedge this wherever mm-hmm. you're at, right? And and just give a couple of pieces of advice, I think that that would be a good thing. If we can just help you get moving in a direction. And that is the key, right? Yeah. Can you get a trajectory? Yes. Of some kind. I I often tell clients, and we probably say it on here a lot too, safety in a relationship is determined by the trajectory, not by the destination in most cases. Mm. So too often we look at destinations and we say, well, we can be happy then, or we can be safe then, or we can, you know, enjoy our marriage then once we're at this point. But the reality is, is that, is that for many components to a marriage, whether it's safety or whether it's what we're talking about here moving in some direction, getting out of that stuck place, having a determined trajectory, even if it's scary, even if it's not the right one, right. Is something is something right. We're moving, you know, even if it, if, if we're reacting from a place of fear. Um, and so we're avoiding conversations, for example, around maybe we, are we really compatible or not? Right. One of those scary questions that we avoid, you know, are we, you know, the wives who find themselves in this process, in the recovery process, you know, it's one of those scary questions and addicts will ask the same thing if they're being honest. You know, do we still have enough in common to make this work? Yeah, have we just or, changed so much? Or God forbid, do, do I even love him anymore? Yes, absolutely. Do I even like her? Do I want to be in this marriage Do I even anymore? want to be here? Yes. Yeah. And, and see, that's the irony is we oftentimes turn to this avoidance as a way to not have to answer those questions. But what are we really doing? We are, we are ensuring that we're going to end up with the very result that we're fearing. Mm-hmm. Because if you stay in that place forever, eventually you get to a point where you know one or both spouses does throw up their hands and just says, I want out. I don't even know what else I want. I just want out of this. Just out of sheer fatigue. Yes, just out, out, of, just out being, of this. I'm spent. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere but here. Yeah. And on the side of, you know, individuals stuck in, stuck in trauma or abuse from the past or shame from the past. And we just stay stuck in that place and can't move Mm -hmm. beginning to ask the hard questions. Like for example, me as an addict in the past, can I really, can I really face the fact that I don't know how to live my life without this crutch? Yeah. And living without it scares the living daylights out of me. Totally. Am I willing to start to admit that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay, so what am I willing to do to be to start to consider that I might be able to actually have other alternatives? Mm-hmm. What are some other directions I could at least start taking a step or two toward them? Totally, right? And that's where, you know, and this this involves discussions we've had of late on the podcast. The last couple of episodes, we've talked about some things like boundaries, right? First thing you want to check with situations like this is to revisit your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because if your boundaries, if you're really adhering to them and they're allowing you to stay in this place, they need, they need adjustment. We don't make yeah. bold declarations like that often, but I would say in every case, something's off. If you think off. you have healthy boundaries, but you're stuck. Yeah, something needs to change. Boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because boundaries should never allow for this if they're being set and held correctly. Yeah, with consequences and consequences that are put into put into action. Absolutely. That, that, that take place. Yes. And so that's where you're going to want to start. But I think what Mark said before, and I know time goes fast on these podcasts, and we can revisit this more. Please let us know at pbscpodcast.com if you'd like to hear more about this topic. But um, that, that beginning point is just picking a direction, right? Um, if you are scared to divorce, choosing to say, if these things don't change, or as if things remain as the status quo, I'm going to need to divorce, doesn't mean that you're going to divorce. Now, oftentimes, there's kind of that thinking error, that fortune-telling thinking error that plays a big role in thinking like this. If we choose a trajectory, if I hold that boundary and say that, well, now it's guaranteed. No, it's not. Right now, is that a possibility? Yeah, potentially, it might happen. That that is a risk. But I, I, again, if you find yourself resonating with this podcast and you know what we're talking about, and I having been there myself, I can tell you at the time, as opposed to where I was in my marriage at the time. Thankfully, we were able to find a better way. But if you'd come up and had this discussion with me, I would have said divorce was the better call mm-hmm. to be just free of this agony. Yeah. So I could be free of it. And just as importantly, so my spouse could be. We, because my unwillingness to move, for, however well intended, wasn't just keeping me trapped. It was keeping her trapped to a degree. Right? And she was dealing with her own stuff that kind of doubled down on that stuckness. Yeah. And so we, when we say pick a direction, start moving. Some would say, mm-hmm. well, what do you mean? So pick a direction like divorce. And we'll say, yes, because... Picking that direction gets you moving. Mm-hmm. Now, in the process of moving, in the process of heading in a direction, if you now start to do the other things we talk about, you start to open up the dialogue. You start to get raw and, and honest and authentic with each other. What you will often find is that you will start to uncover things and realize things and break down barriers and begin to develop a relationship that was not possible if you had never chosen that direction in the first place. Mm-hmm. See, it's like, well, yeah, but it's divorce. That's, it's automatically 100% negative. No, it's a direction. Yeah. And it gets us moving. It gets us taking action. It gets us talking. It gets us opening up 
the closed system. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to this. Um, it, a lot, uh, a lot, a lot to it, right? This is just a beginning point, but yeah. please don't hear us. If you're listening saying, Oh, well, Mark and Steve said, if you want to pick a direction to help our, our relationship, it's all, it's divorce. That's the trajectory that they recommended. <laughs> absolutely That's not. We're saying, but it does mean asking the hard questions and saying, look, we have to, it means looking at your spouse and as lovingly as possible and as vulnerably as possible saying, we can't stay here anymore. We have no. to go somewhere. No, we can't. We, we are not willing to stay like this. Choosing anymore. this is choosing to end this. And I, I just can't put either one of us through this anymore. Mm-mm. You know, we've got to move. We've got so to we're, do. We're going to choose a direction. Different therapist. Go to therapy for the first time. 12-step group. New sponsor, right? Separating. Unseparate. Uh, something needs to happen, right? Right. And so, anyway. Get moving. Yeah. Some, get something moving. So that's the assignment, right? There you go. <laughs> is if you find yourself stuck, and even if you find yourself maybe, or, or you feel like maybe you're not kind of stuck to this degree, still, this is a good, every marriage, okay? Betrayal trauma, sex addiction, not betrayal trauma, not sex addiction should be asking these questions, right? Are, are we, are, because we get stuck in other ways too. It's not just in this kind of dynamic. Sometimes things are going really well and we just kind of get apathetic, Yeah. right? And it's, and, and there's a need to, you know, is your marriage good in that situation? Yeah, probably. But could it be better if you were to mix it up or throw something into the mix, you know, that's different? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Asking, where are we? How are we doing? How do you really feel? Where are you really at? Where are we going? Where are right? we going? Yeah. Yeah. Love Absolutely. that. Okay. All right, awesome, everybody. Guys. Have a great week. Uh, for more information on our Dare to Connect program that we mentioned earlier today, we'd love to see you there. Fully interactive program with options to be able to ask us questions, interact with other people in the same position that you are in, in a confidential way, uh, three times a week. We'd love to see you there. Visit us at uh, daretoconnectnow.com. Sounds good. Have, Have a great, great week. week and we'll see you next time. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.